You're listening to She Said What with your host, Alyssa Harper. Hello, sexy people. Welcome back to She Said What. If you guys haven't been here before, then welcome, welcome, welcome. So nice to have you. This is a space where we talk about sex and relationships and really just a place for you to become a better version of yourself. And in today's episode, I am interviewing Trisha, also known as The Safe Slut. She is so fun and so funny. And she's going to be talking today about herpes specifically and what it's like to have herpes, how to communicate to a partner that you have herpes, how common it really is and how to deal with symptoms and literally so so much more you guys are gonna love today's episode so we're gonna get right into it enjoy coming all the way from new york we have trisha aka the safe slut she is a sex positive hsv empowerment content creator with over a hundred thousand followers across her social media platforms she's also queer by what what would you say i so i guess like by definition it would probably be pan but i prefer pan. bi because it sounds sluttier there's okay. more like, stigma <laughs> attached to it so I, i'll hold on to that one <laughs> okay she's bi um she's self-proclaimed slutty hot and makes funny sex-related memes which i love so pretty much she's a big vibe thank you so much for being here trisha yes thank you for having me you are so, so welcome. I So guys, I found Trisha a few months ago on Instagram. And I literally, we were just talking about this um, before we started recording. And I just found her and was like, oh my God, I need to get in your world. Everything that she posts is just so fun and so empowering. And you learn so much as well. And I'm so for like following people where I learn stuff from them, but I'm also just like having a good time. So can you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do and how Safe Slut started? Yeah. Um, and thank you. I love, I feel like there's a lot of educational accounts that are really boring. So I just feel <laughs> yes. like make it slutty and fun, you know, make yeah. it, make it cute. But, um, so <laughs> I started safe slut a little bit over three years ago. Um, I initially started it after I got my genital herpes diagnosis. That was November, 2019. And I started safe slut February, 2020. So it took a few months. Um, I initially started it as, uh, an Instagram just to help myself through my diagnosis and like find other people mm -hmm. who have it. Cause obviously like you feel so alone. Um, and then it ended up turning into this big thing where, um, I, it's like this whole sex positive space now, because in addition to talking about herpes, I was finally able to talk about all these things I wanted to talk about, about like sex and dating, um, especially like slut shaming, um, and just like witchy stuff, like literally whatever I want to talk about. Um, and it's funny because I've always been obsessed with sex and like sex positivity and a few, like a week or so before I got diagnosed with herpes, I wrote in my journal just when I was like manifesting and was like, I really want to work in like the sexual health space, sexuality. Like, I don't really know what that looks like, but like, I'm really interested in it. And then, yeah, like a week later I get herpes. So like, love it be careful what you manifest um but, but it ended up being like obviously a good thing for me it like put me in the right direction and as well as a lot of like self-growth and stuff like that um but yeah so before I started safe slut and, and obviously now I'm an esthetician and herbalist so I was already making my own products and as well as doing facials and so when I got diagnosed with herpes I was like okay let me make products for myself to help me with my outbreaks. Um, and they worked really well. It was already stuff that I had in my like little apothecary. 
Um, so when I started safe slut, I was like, you know what, let me start making these for like people. Like it would obviously really help. And then it also mm-hmm. turned into me selling like tinctures and stuff for like period cramps or sleeping. Um, um, and then just have like an aphrodisiac one. So it was kind of like started as like, yeah, selling like those products, yeah. herpes, positive stuff, sexuality stuff. Um, I'm also a writer, so I have like a Patreon. So I started doing writing for that just about like herpes tips, um, as well as just like general writing. And then I also became a Reiki master. So I also do Reiki as well. Oh, and then, love. yeah, which, which has also was really helpful because I got, um, attuned like a month after my diagnosis. So it was like this whole like nice, like healing process. And mm-hmm. then as of, um, maybe like eight months ago, I started doing OnlyFans to show that you can still be um, super hot as a herpes positive person. So I've also been really passionate about that as well. Cause that's something I've always wanted to do. And I never thought yeah. I would do it, especially after I was diagnosed. So right. yeah. I think that's about it. <laughs> so cool. I love how you have this mix of like sexual empowerment. And then like you said, like all the kind of like witchy stuff. Cause I think we mm-hmm. start to see that so much now where people are starting to see that this like exploring your sexuality comes into embodiment and then you realize how much embodiment um, is in tune with like nature and all these natural like supplements and herbs and things like that. Mm -hmm. And you see how these things genuinely help like your libido and all of these things and healing. And it really all does kind of come together. So it's cool to see you this like far on in this journey because even I have been in the last kind of few years, like dipping my toes into spirituality and all of these things as well. And seeing it all come together is so beautiful. And it really all does intertwine. Like, it's not like, oh, you have all the apothecary stuff and then you have the sexuality stuff. It's combined. Like it really is a full thing. Um, And I think as we see people shift into having, I guess like jobs these days that where it's not just like, this is my nine to five. It's like, you know, you're doing all these things and you have these different kind of, I guess, not not just just streams of income, not just financially, but also like how you want to support people. It's so holistic. I think that's so cool. Like, I love it. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's cool to see how everything goes hand in hand. And that's also nice that I'm like, I can do everything I'm passionate about and kind of like morph it into this like one thing but the only hard thing is like when people are like what do you do for a living I'm like I don't I don't know I I never know how to like frame it I'm like I do this this this, and this and like yeah that's how it should be I love it (laughs) like a whole elevator pitch yes literally can you can you start to take us back like take us back to where you were back in the day what your mindset was on sex everything around the time when you got your diagnosis and like what that looked like how did you find out Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's actually a fun story. So I, my, in my early twenties, um, a huge thing herpes taught me was like setting boundaries and like speaking up for myself in my early twenties. I absolutely did not do that. I let, um, shitty fuck boys walk all over me and ruin my life. Um, and so I was getting over this one guy and, um, it was Halloween night, which I also think is perfect that I got herpes at a Halloween party. And, um, yeah, amazing. Love it. I, love I was it. dressed as a, I was dressed as a slutty alien. Like what, oh, could, what more could you want? Exactly. <laughs> um, so my roommate and I were both dressed as slutty aliens and we were party, party hopping and we were at the last house and we were already like three sheets to the wind, like lots of tequila. And we bought, we both saw this guy. We were like, he's so hot, but we were like, we should just share him. Like, we don't want to fight over him. 
So, um, <laughs> so we both went up to him and we were like, we both want to hook up with you immediately. And he was like, okay. Um, oh so, <laughs> so we both hooked up with him, but I, I was the only one that had actual penetration with him. She just gave him a blowjob. So she ended up not getting it. Mm. Um, which I can talk about later about like transmission rates, um, yeah. to the mouth and stuff like that. Um, totally. this guy was such a himbo, like literally like so hot, so beautiful, but like nothing going on. Absolutely nothing. Um, <laughs> in his and, brain. Yeah. In his brain, nothing there, in his um, brain. which okay. is fine. Okay. Yeah. He was, he looked great. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah. Sex is really mediocre. It was, yeah, it okay. is what it is. When I, I stand, um, it ended yeah. up, I ended up doing some digging after I got, um, my diagnosis and I found out that he did know he had herpes, just didn't disclose it to me. Um, no. which is why I was, it was a one night stand and like, it's herpes is like contagious, but it's also like really hard to spread in a way. Like it's not as likely if you don't have an outbreak, but yeah. that's why I'm a huge advocate for always disclosing regardless, even yeah. a one night stand. Cause I got it in a one night stand. Um, right. so Anyway, so I ended up, this was like a Saturday night. By Monday, I started getting like flu-like symptoms. And the next day I had an outbreak and it was really small. It didn't really look like anything. Like if I wasn't like feeling sick and like I obviously was like kind of itchy and it was painful, I mm. wouldn't have seen it. Um, did you so think it was something else potentially? Like did yeah, you think it was oh like a UTI or like something? Yeah, it kind of felt like a UTI. I like deep down, I like knew something was off, but I was like, mm. oh, you know, I like I'm an esthetician. I waxed myself like a few days ago. Maybe it's like an ingrown on my clit, which <laughs> I don't know how that would happen. Um, and so I had my roommates like like literally look at it and be like, what do you guys think this is? Because also herpes didn't really cross my mind as much as I was like sex positive. I really wasn't because I wasn't educated on STI. So I didn't even like, mm-hmm. it didn't even come to my mind. I was just like, I don't know. I knew it was an STI probably, but, um, so I went to urgent care. They diagnosed me like right on the spot. Um, and right. I was like in shock, but also was kind of like, I deserve this. I've never had an STI before. And I was like pretty reckless in my early twenties. So I was like, I mean, it is what it is. Um, yeah. And then I yeah. went to like pick up my Valtrex prescription and just was like bawling. I could, when I was like trying to say my name to the, um, the woman I was like I could barely even get my name out because I was like crying so much Aww, it was yeah, she's so sad. yeah I know like, and it what, shouldn't be what was it like um like on your mental health at that time because like you said you felt like it was something you deserved first of all which obviously mm-hmm. we know that's not true but that's right. something that was going through your mind at the time like how were you feeling? Were you angry at him? Did anything happen? Did you talk to him about it? Yeah. So I actually texted him and was like, Hey, like I have an outbreak. Like, like, do you, do you have it? And he was like, no, I was clean. Um, you should probably message like another guy that you were with. Cause I, and I was like, <laughs> but it ended up being him. Um, through because I have mutual friends with this person um so he but honestly like was I angry at him yes but I wasn't really gonna do much about it it was kind of more I'm just thinking about myself here I wasn't really thinking too much about this person um but I also like just ended a a, like a really long-term friendship with someone because they were slut shaming me so so it was like it was like a month or so after so it was kind of that's where I kind of had to like oh she was right like I deserve this and then was like slut shaming myself um Mm. 
so yeah it and then I was just like in bed for like three days just like not okay like didn't eat like my mental health was like not okay I yeah. I remember calling my mom at like three in the morning was like no one's gonna love me and she was just like shut up <laughs> like stop because <laughs> like I wasn't planning on telling people but I'm such a Leo so obviously I'm like such an open book and I was like can I help myself and I was like bawling my eyes out and she called me and and then she was like why are you crying and she was like and then she was like are you pregnant and I was like no um you're like worse 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 and then I told her and she was like oh my god Trisha she was like so many people have it and then she was like listing off people that she knew and I was like mom you shouldn't be outing people but thank you um yeah and so then I ended up telling um like friends and family and the more people I told the better I felt about it um right yeah, because I got a lot of, like, me too's or, like, I know someone with it who has it and they've been dating someone. Like, it was just, like, a lot of positive feedback. So that was, like, Aww. the first thing that really helped. Yeah. Oh, so good. And then going forward, like, did you, were you, like, I'm just not going to sleep with anybody for a while? Like, did you just kind of mm-hmm. cut yourself off or what happened? Like, Yeah. It wasn't even, like, a conscious, like, I'm not going to sleep with anyone. It was more, like... I don't feel sexual like I felt like Mm. like even watching like a sex scene on in a movie would make me like super triggered because I'd just be like I can't do this right now um so Mm. just like so disconnected from my sexuality which is like something that was very new for me um but I did the I hooked up with someone like three months later so I did take like a lot of time off (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, but I like, feel like I needed it. I feel like whenever people ask, like, should they sleep with people right away or wait? It's like, honestly, like, when you feel comfortable with yourself, like, there's no real, right. like, wait this time, like, whenever you want to. Right. And obviously, yeah. like, when you're having, um, like, an outbreak, if you're in physical pain, you're not going to, like, want to. So, like, you're not going to want to. You're no. not going to want to. Also so, shouldn't. Like, yeah. Yeah. So like that wouldn't yeah. be a thing, but I mean, obviously after you've gone through that healing process from there, um, I, I kind of, I do want to start to get into like the education of it because I think these questions are just going to come up naturally. I was going to ask mm-hmm. you, does sex often trigger an outbreak? It can, it definitely can. So the friction can be a thing. When I was first diagnosed, whenever I had sex, I would get an outbreak pretty much like right after. Um, so I use my goddess oil that I make, which for herpes outbreaks, you can use that. Um, it's just not compatible with, with condoms. Um, but everyone's trigger is going to be different. Like for me, that's not a trigger for me. Like sex is totally fine. Um, so it, majority of the time it's going to be stress. I feel like, I feel like that's people's number one. Um, yeah, it can be stress. It can be sex because of the friction, certain foods might trigger you. Like mm-hmm. that's the hard thing about herpes is like, when you're trying to like figure out like what your triggers are, it's like, it's going to be so unique to each person. Um, and then another interesting thing about herpes is when you have your first outbreak, um, it's likely that you're going to have like in the first six months, like a more frequent ones, but the longer you have it, the less outbreaks you're going to have and the less you're going to shed the virus. Um, which means Hmm. when you have herpes, you can be contagious without an outbreak. Um, you're not always contagious, but there's times when you shed the virus asymptomatically. Um, so no symptoms, but you can still transmit it, which is how most people get it, obviously. Um, but it's like, it's a very slim amount of time. Like I'm three years in, I probably don't shed that much. They also don't really get outbreaks at all anymore. So. Oh, 
Yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah, it's interesting. I think a big misconception is that if someone like looks like they don't have an STI, then they don't have an STI. But obviously, for a lot of people, it's going to be hidden. And is it true that it's typically um, like penis owners who don't show it as often? Um, not necessarily. It's more okay. honestly like everyone. Um, right. okay. The majority of people with herpes are asymptomatic. So, and it's yeah. also not. I don't in the U.S. It's not on the standard STI panel. So most people have it and don't know. Um, right. Like when you're getting tested for everything, like herpes is not included on that test. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I did not know that. Yes. Okay. So is, that's, and, a, that's is a it big quite, one. Is it because it's that common? Like, is it just because it's so common? Yeah, there's a number of reasons. It's because it's so common. Um, and there's no, there's actual no like real health risk for having herpes, which is why they're like, it's not like, gonorrhea or chlamydia where it's like if it goes untreated like it can really like fuck shit up um there's obviously like very rare cases where there's like certain things that can complications from it but it's like Mm -hmm. pretty much not a thing um but they um the cdc states that they think the knowing the psychological um aspect of like knowing your diagnosis when you're asymptomatic is more harmful than knowing that you have it than and like really? having to deal with it yeah so it's kind of wow. in my opinion like I think it's personally like adding to the stigma because they're like you're gonna know you have herpes and like it's gonna ruin your life so let's just not tell you for the people who yeah. are symptomatic we have to deal with it like if everyone knew oh. their status because it's a it's a big it's a big number like it's over like one in five people in the U.S. have genital herpes yeah, or sexually active wow. like that's a big number but the the reason another reason they don't test for it which this is where i'm like okay that makes more sense it's really unreliable so if you don't have symptoms like there can be a lot of like false negatives false positives so right which is annoying i'm like i'm like you're like just fix it like just fix the test like if it's unreliable just fix it just make it not wrong it's so interesting there's so many things like that hey within medicine that you find out that it's like oh they can actually tell you this 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 but they just don't because they've made that decision for you like it's even Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm even going into this but it just reminds me of even like when people go on birth control and they like don't tell them all of the um potential side effects and all those things and it's like oh like I know you're going to want it and it's going to be fine. Don't worry. But there's so much like so many things not disclosed when it comes to our health or oh like my God. decisions yeah. that are made for us that we don't realize are made for us. And then we're just like, whoa, like how did I like everything, every like blood work when your doctor says your blood work looks good. It's like what that actually means doesn't necessarily mean it's actually good. Because if you took that blood work to a naturopath or someone else, they might go, okay, all these things we need to fix you know right what I mean? right so no 100% yeah when I when I went on birth control when I was like 18 or 19 and mm-hmm. I get really bad migraines and then when I was like 23 I had a new gynecologist and she was like if you get migraines she was like you shouldn't be on birth control like you can get like it can like lead to a stroke or like blood clots yep. or something and I was like wait yep. what yeah yep so <laughs> love it Anyways, tangent, but yeah, wild. Okay, interesting. So for anyone who's listening, so herpes isn't um, curable, right? Nope. It's it's not curable. It is um, something that you would have to manage symptoms as Mm -hmm. they come up. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, with outbreaks, they definitely tend to be more frequent at the beginning and then less and less. Are they more intense as well at the beginning? Like, So yeah, yeah. Yeah? So yeah, it will be, the first one is like, usually going to be the worst um 
it's gonna you'll have like flu-like symptoms with it most likely um it can just be like more sores but the the more you have it like it's gonna be like less and less painful or as many sores like now like if I get one like it's like one sore that I'm like I I still work out and I go for runs like I barely notice so which is nice because when people like message me and they're like I just had my first outbreak like I never want to have this again and I'm like I feel you but like it trust me like if you get another one it's not usually it's not going to be like that. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and can you talk about the difference between HSV-1 and HSV-2? Because mm-hmm. I think so, a lot of people don't know what that means. Or don't yeah, really people that. get confused by that. So yeah. HSV-1 is the virus that you think like cold sores. Um, so even if you got them as a kid, you got those little fever blisters, cold sores, whatever you want to call it. It's herpes. Um, and then HSV2 is usually genital herpes. Um, they're basically the same thing, just different strains of the herpes virus. Um, so with HSV1, if you have it on your mouth, you can transmit it to someone um, by kissing, or if you go down on them, you can also transmit it to their genitals. So, um, and that can, you can also, it's most likely when you have a cold sore but you can, you also shed the virus as well. So that can happen too. Um, so a lot of people don't know that like, if you get cold sores, like that can transmit to genital herpes. So people, yeah. So people who like even got cold sores as a little kid don't know that they should be disclosing that to partners before you even kiss them. Um, cause that can transmit. So, um, and then with genital herpes, so with HSV2, obviously that can transmit to other people's genitals. It can transmit orally, but it's just less likely. It's super rare that HSV2 goes to the mouth. It's just, right. it just likes to live generally. It, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Like I know a couple of people with it, but it just, it's extremely rare. Yeah. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I didn't know. I thought, um, like HSV one was like the mouth one. And then like, you can only give it to other mouths. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize mm-hmm. that you can actually, that they cross over and it really is, mm-hmm. it's all the same thing kind of like, obviously it's different, but it's, it is kind of, it does function all the same way as like it can transfer in, you know, multiple different mm-hmm. ways. And mm-hmm. even if you don't have an outbreak, which is wild, which to me makes sense, like to why it's so common. And then it just makes me so mad as to why there's so much stigma around that's, it. And that's why what's so, so frustrating. Much, right? That's what's so frustrating. Cause it's like people who get cold sores it's it's more stigmatized that like I have it generally because it's on my genitals and I got it from yeah. sex. That's yeah. why it's stigmatized, um, which is like just it's so dumb and frustrating. Um, and yeah, as of like the past couple of years, more people have HSV one genitally than HSV two. Like that, the more oh, people who are right. getting it now, yeah, mm. because more people are doing oral, which is great. Um, but yeah, people <laughs> need to disclose that they have cultures. Um, yeah. Right. So can you, Mm -hmm. can you get tested, um, to see if you have one or two? Yeah. So if you, if you have symptoms, you can swab it and then you can get a blood test would be the IgG test. It would test for Mm -hmm. antibodies and that will determine if it's HSV one or HSV two. And, um, it just, if you've like been exposed to it or think that you got it from someone, you just have to wait like about three months um, for it to show up on a test because you, your body has to build the antibodies first to show up mm. on a test. So you, there's that little like window period. Mm. Yeah, it's so complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to testing, how often do you think that people should be getting tested? So it really depends on like your lifestyle. Like if you're 
having like a lot of casual sex, a lot of frequent partners, mm-hmm. I would say like after each partner, but keeping in mind the window period for STDIs, like, like, um, gonorrhea and chlamydia can take like up to a week or so. Um, and then like HIV and herpes can take like up to three months. Um, so just kind of keeping in mind like that, but mm-hmm. I mean, if you're like in a monogamous relationship long-term, like once a year, like even if you've been in a long-term relationship, like just do it once a year, like you just, you know, might as well. For me, I think a good like rule of thumb for people who like maybe are like sexually active, not all the time, like every three months or so, it's usually good. I try to do after every partner. Um, yeah. But then again, it goes into like accessibility. Um, if like you have to pay what your insurance looks like, that can be a thing too. Yeah, for sure. Um, when it comes mm-hmm. to knowing how long after that partner, is that a thing? Like, should you wait a certain amount of time after you're with that new partner because it takes a while to show up? Or Yeah, usually matter? usually what I do is like if I sleep with someone new, I'll wait a week and get tested because then at least right. I'm getting like the main the main ones, the, the usual. Um, and then, then it's like, then then you have like the every three months just for like the more longer term ones. Okay. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that advice. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Um, and generally how can people protect themselves from, I guess, any STI really? Um, so there's like the obvious, like using condoms, Mm -hmm. um, having conversations with people before you have sex with them about their sexual health. Um, so sleeping with people who care about their sexual health. Um, but I always say there's no such thing as safe sex. There's only safer sex because yeah. again, like, as we talked about, like you can get general herpes from someone with a cold sore who doesn't even have one at the moment. Um, yep. so you can do everything right. Like you can get tested all the time. You can use condoms perfectly right. Use dental dams. Um, but you can still get herpes when doing that. Um, same with HPV, um, just because, both of those um, viruses are transferred skin to skin as opposed to fluids. So a condom or a dental dam can't cover like an entire genital region. They're still like, you know. Um, so again, there, you can do all of those things, but it it's still going to be a risk regardless. Um, and herpes yeah. is not picky. So yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it's an interesting conversation. Like even... I notice when I ask, you know, how can we protect ourselves against STIs? It's interesting because I don't mean to ask that in a way of like, oh, we we need to protect ourselves because it's the worst thing in the world. But at right. the same time, I think you generally, you know, you like anything, you don't want to catch COVID, right? So it's like, how can you protect yourself yeah. against COVID? It's like, you know, you can do all these things, but at this point, do you need to wear a mask or do you need to do this or do you need to do that? It's like, oh, maybe not. So it's interesting. Like, it's definitely, I think it's like person to person. You need to think about your own health and like your immunity and things like that. And then Mm -hmm, make those mm -hmm. decisions based off like, you know, what you said. You can't have like perfect safe sex, which is actually really interesting. I've never thought about it that way before, but it's so Mm -hmm. true. Like you can't, you know, you can have safer sex. You can put things um, in place and make sure you have those conversations. And that's really important, but you're never going to have 100% protection against anything, pregnancy, STIs, anything. Exactly. So that's why it's like, it's always like, what, what's the risk you're willing to take and and whatnot. And again, yeah, it's like, it's not the end of the world. If you do get one, like all STIs are either curable or manageable. So, but again, like, it's also like, it's like not a hassle, but it's like, yeah, if you get like something like you just take the antibiotics and it goes away, but at the same time, it's like, 
you know, you'd rather not, obviously. Exactly. No one's going to be like, yeah, yeah, I don't care. Like, you'd rather not. Right. <laughs> That's just yeah. being dumb at that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I want to talk a little bit about if anybody here has the diagnosis and does have herpes, um, just talk about all the things that they can be doing. Talk about um, regaining your confidence after getting your diagnosis, all those things. So mm-hmm. let's start there. Let's start like after you got that, uh, you got your diagnosis and you felt that experience and you had this horrible three days in bed and all of that. How did you rebuild from there? I think there's like a number of things. I think the main thing is finding a community Um, talking to people about it who also have it is so helpful. Like, obviously you can talk to like friends if they're like, if, even if they don't have it, but it's not going to be the same as to talking to someone who has dealt with it. Um, so obviously like finding community online has been like the number one thing for me. Um, so there's, I mean, there's so many things, like there's so many herpes advocates out there, um, like on literally every social media platform. So it's so easy to find people or there's like, Facebook groups for like each city, um, and like meetups in person and online. Um, I'm going to be doing online meetups on my Patreon starting 2023. So just going to plug that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's also going to like do do some witchy stuff too. So I'm excited, but, um, yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so community's huge. Honestly, like educating yourself is a big one. The more you learn about herpes, the more you're like, wait, that's it. This is what people make such a big deal about. Um, and it's like putting it into perspective, like of learning, like why it's so stigmatized is because we live in like an extremely sex negative culture. Um, like most people aren't freaking out when they get a cold sore. So it should be the same thing. It should be the same thing because it is. Um, so that's huge. And then also, honestly, I think a big thing for me was like feeling disconnected to my body So making sure you have like a pleasure practice in place to kind of help through that. Um, Like for me, I bought myself a new vibrator. Um, I got a matching one with my, with my roommate who also hooked up with a guy. We got matching ones. Oh my Um, God. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it it took me a while to use it because I was like so afraid of touching myself. But then once I did, I was like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was great. And then, um, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be like masturbation for like a self-pleasure practice. It can just be like doing stuff that makes you feel like connected to yourself. Um, yeah. And then another thing I highly recommend is after I got diagnosed, I did a nude photo shoot in the woods. And yeah, and so that was oh like really God. fun. Um, that, so that's a really good way to connect to yourself. It, it doesn't have to be a full elaborate photo shoot. Like you could just be taking like nudes in your room and just like yeah. looking really hot and like they're just for yourself. Um, so that's my yeah, people don't realize how much like I love that any kind of like photo shoot like that I actually work with this photographer in Sydney and her name is Viv and she she does like a lot of boudoir shoots and like things like that and her whole brand is just like empowerment and she'll just she'll like literally get people before the shoot to write down like words um of like affirmation and things that they believe about themselves and things that they want to believe more about themselves and she like incorporates it into the shoot and it's so cool like you you don't realize how much like you don't see yourself you know you look at yourself in the Mm -hmm. mirror and you do your makeup quickly in the morning and you rush out and then you have this like negative body image but when you see yourself like in that light you're like oh my god I am hot yeah yeah it's so good for you oh Mm -hmm. nice 
obsessed. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then when it comes to, so obviously that's kind of your relationship with yourself. When it comes to relationships with others, do you have any tips on how to disclose to a partner mm-hmm. in like a chill yes. way? <laughs> yes, that is my MO is doing it in a chill way. The first time I disclosed, I sent like a novel text message and it's just like so overwhelming. So I don't oh, recommend no. <laughs> that. Um, the main thing is just, yeah, doing it like super confidently and casually, like don't apologize for it. I mean, some people are going to cry because like it is like overwhelming to to talk about, but like it really, it doesn't have to be a big conversation. Like my main thing though, because this is something that I wasn't doing in my early twenties is talking about sexual health before I sleep with people. So yeah. just because I have an STI doesn't mean that I don't have to, like, I shouldn't care about their sexual health. Um, so right. I would start the conversation asking them when they've been tested last because not only like is their sexual health also just as important it's going to be very telling how they respond and it's also going to take the pressure off of me for a little bit so I can like ease into the conversation um instead of just like jumping in and just like saying it um right but like a main thing is honestly like I've disclosed to people using that that um that method and there's been a few times where there's been guys who are like oh I've never been tested um, or like just some bullshit, like, oh, like it's been a while, but like the last person I dated, like would have told me. Um, and that's such a turnoff right. for me. It's oh, such a turnoff. Yeah. yeah I, oh. Oh, I hate that. Um, so it's, yeah, it's very telling for that. And then also mm-hmm. seeing how they just talk about STIs in general too. Um, because again, like for me, a huge, like, it's so important to me to date someone who's also sex positive. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and the thing is like, if they don't know a lot about herpes, it's not their fault because we weren't taught it in sex ed. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to educate people, but it just kind of like seeing like, are they open to it? Like what kind of language are they using? Like, are they like sounding like they're stigmatizing things and like being weird about it? Um, and then, yeah. yeah, if they seem cool and like open to learning or already know about it, then I'll just be like, so yeah, I have HSV two, the same thing as cold sores, just in a different location. That's usually like all I say. And then I'll just be like, do you have any questions? That's it. Cool. Usually though, they I already like know. They already know because I'm public about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for you, it's a bit different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a little different story, but. Different. You know, yeah. yeah, cool. Like, that's the thing. I think it's so interesting. People think, you know, oh, how do I, even the word disclose is very like intense, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. being able to say like, do you find you ever, um, end up educating someone on it like do you ever say oh like you know one in five people or whatever do you say that to people ever yeah I'll give out some facts like if once the conversation's going like I don't I don't initially like when I'm disclosing be like over one in five it's not an STI problem <laughs> did you know <laughs> yeah did you know because it's like overwhelming and it's also like I'm not like your sex ed teacher um <laughs> but like once the conversation's going like then I'll like throw out some facts um, if they feel like they need it or I'll just be yeah. like, can you, I'll just be like, can you honestly just go look at my Instagram? Like, <laughs> like, I don't feel like explaining it. I'm tired. Link. I've done it too many times. Yeah. Just, just go look <laughs> at it. <laughs> yeah. But people are usually so open to learning about it and are, are usually mm-hmm. they're just like super open-minded or they've already, they already have it or they have experience with it. The older you yeah. get, the more people are going to already have um, experience with herpes. So that's a plus in getting old. <laughs> True. Yeah, I was going to yeah. ask you how people have responded. Like, do you have any bad stories with it? Do you have any really great stories with it? Um, mo- Honestly, mostly good. Like, I can honestly say, like, it, it really hasn't been an issue. Um, One funny, not funny, it's funny now, but, like, it wasn't <laughs> funny then. Um, 
<laughs> this so I was seeing this guy for like a month and he another himbo I have a habit um and he I disclosed to him he was like I already know like I, I saw um and then I was kind of like just I, I think I was like kind of we were like kind of we were drinking so I was like oh and like you know like cold sores or herpes it's like the same thing and and he was like oh I get I get cold sores so I was like oh okay so you already have it and again like we were drinking so it wasn't like we were having this like deep conversation like it was just sort of like casual Right. And so like, um, like a month, we're like a month in and I realized he's not going down on me and that's a deal breaker. So I was like, mm-hmm. Hey, what's going on here? And he was like, I don't want to get herpes in my mouth. And I was like, um, you <laughs> have it already. You have it on your mouth. And he was like, but it's like a different one. And I was like, well, well, yes, like it is, it would be a different strain, but you wouldn't, like, you wouldn't notice the difference. Like you wouldn't know, you wouldn't be like, this is an HSV one. This one's an HSV two. Like you wouldn't, that it doesn't yeah, work right. like that. And it's, it would be less, again, like I, since I have HSV2, as I said before, like it doesn't really transmit orally. And since he already has HSV1, like he has like, it'd be even less likely for him since he has like antibodies from it. Um, yeah. Right. But it was just, it was, it was just more like frustrating. Yeah. It was just like, ew, like you're dumb. And then he, and then he also pulled the, like, so he failed out of medical school and became a chiropractor, no shade of chiropractors, but (laughs) I'm shading this man. And he, he was like, well, since I went to medical school, like I know more about this than you. And I was like, no, you don't, you actually don't at all. It's not like I haven't been studying this for the past three years of my life. And you spent maybe like two hours in class learning about it. Um, Holy shit. And it was frustrating because he, like, it's like for him, like, okay, he would have sex with me with a condom on, which is more likely that he would get it there than going down on me. But he was like, I'm willing, in his mind, it's like, I'm willing to risk because I'm having sex, I'm getting pleasure, but I won't risk Mm -hmm. it for this, for going down on her to give her pleasure. So, yeah. Hey, gross. Don't like that. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. I feel like. I was just yeah. saying, I feel like it's so obvious that it's coming from a place of like his preconceived idea of like herpes. And like you can look at him and you can say, Oh my God, you have it. And I could just picture him being like, Yeah, but like not really. Like it's like, yeah. no, but like really. <laughs> but like really, like it's the same thing. And again, like everyone's entitled to make a decision about their health. So it's like I'm not shaming him mm. for like rejecting me and doing that. It's just more of like right his reasoning behind it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> How did you do that? How have you dealt with any kind of like rejection or anything like that? Um, or how that would you recommend the, people to? Yeah. I mean, that one yeah. was really, it was more frustrating. Like I, I wasn't, I don't usually get upset because I, I haven't, yeah. there, I haven't been rejected in like a really like harsh way. It's just been like casual things. And then that was probably the most like more, again, more frustrating. Um, but yeah. again, my, my biggest thing is like probably the same thing as like when you're like just diagnosed, like finding that community, talking to people about it like just reminding yourself that it's most time it's like the reasoning is comes from an uneducated place so just kind of keeping right. that in mind and then again yeah. taking more news reminding yourself that you are still really hot and like again <laughs> and it's also like weeding out people who aren't meant for you also it's annoying yeah. it's like toxic positive to be like redirection um but it is you're like gonna find someone who's way more open-minded to that and, and whatnot mm-hmm. it's true yeah. it's actually so mm-hmm. true Oh, I love yeah. that. Um, I did yeah. want to ask one more question is if you are with a partner and you know that you both have herpes, do you think that it's okay to just like not use a condom or is there for some reason a, a part of you that's like, mm, no, because of other STIs or like, what do you think? Yeah. Well, honestly, you like as a herpes positive person, like I 
my last two partners who were negative, we didn't use condoms. So it's going to just, it's just going to depend on you and the partner. Um, there's no right or wrong. Like it just like what you guys are both comfortable with. Um, so yeah. Um, I feel like majority of people will probably feel more comfortable using condoms initially, but then it's kind of like, yeah, again, it just, it's just going to depend on the, on the people, you know? Yeah. Cause I guess too, in theory, if you're like, say like pregnancy is not a risk for whatever reason mm-hmm. you have your, you know mm-hmm. your own contraception or whatever and then um you know that you've both been like tested and like they can show that to you or whatever and you know sti right. isn't a problem then i guess in theory you know you're gonna make the decision on whatever you want to make it on and i think yeah i always talk about this pretty openly on the podcast with condom use is like i'll say like you know please use a condom but at the same time i'm like but look if you're not going to you're not going to and if you do mm-hmm. have some sort of consequence there's always going to be some sort of fix for it and like that's mm-hmm. why we need to have all the options available when it comes to you know sex and our sexual wellness because if we don't then that's how people get into these situations but it's really really great to see like yourself just out here speaking about these things being so confident about it like hearing how you're just so chill about it now and I know that would come with time like I think it's just going to be so helpful for people and I can just imagine because of how common it is how many people are going to be sitting here going oh god I hope she can't see that I'm listening to this episode but yeah you know what I mean like it is it's that bad for so many people but no when I started when I started safe slut I was anonymous and I was like I remember when I made the account I remember texting my friends and be like can you see that it's me like because you know on Instagram how like it can like connect your like um your contacts I was like yes. oh my god the people yeah. know like oh. and and yeah and it shouldn't we shouldn't feel that way um right. yeah wow. yeah is there anything else that you want to share specifically about like what you're doing now like can you tell us a little bit about um what you've created and the products that you've created for herpes care yeah so I have two herpes products I have my goddess oil which is a topical oil that you can put on outbreaks um, to help like speed up the healing process or like yeah. sometimes it can leave like a little bit of like scarring. So it kind of helps with that. Um, it also just like, is like nice and soothing too. So it feels good. Um, I also use it like after wax, I put on, if I get like eczema, like I'll use it on that. It's just like a very soothing oil. So it's multi-use. Ooh. And then I make a lemon balm tincture so that you would take internally. Um, lemon balm is like the best herb ever. And it's so the herpes lives in your nervous system. So this herb is a nerving. So it's an herb for the nervous system. So it's going to help calm the nervous system. And it's, which is great because herpes is usually triggered by stress. So it's going to help like calm, relax. Um, and also, um, it's great for like stomach aches and like digestion. It's like an all around, it's like an all purpose mm-hmm. herb. Yeah. Um, I love so, that. Yeah. I, like, I find that with a lot of like really great natural products is like, you can just use them in so many ways because that's yeah. kind of how medicine is meant to work, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then I, and then I also have, yeah, like a sleep tincture, which also has lemon balm in it. Um, so it's like helps you fall asleep. Um, I have a PMS tincture, which also works for hangovers and I have a slut um, potion, yes. a little aphrodisiac potion. So, oh, oh my God! Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Thank you. I will uh, be yes. getting all of those. Thank you so yes. much. I can wait. <laughs> and what about um, and yeah. community? I saw that you launched a community support community. Yes. Something like that. Yes. So I have my Patreon. So that is, um, I have like various tiers. The second tier is like herpes specific, and that's writing memes. 
um just like stuff that I can't post on Instagram I'll just post there (laughs) and yeah it's like I'm open like DMs all the time there um so just like more yeah more focused on there and then yeah in 2023 I'll be doing more like um support calls on there um as well as some other fun things I also on my top two tiers I post my nudes so if anyone's interested in that (laughs) in addition to my only fans which is at herpes.witch um amazing I'm obsessed I fucking love it I love like bro you have no idea like your whole I don't explain I want to say like your brand which sounds weird but like all of the little keywords and things that you use I'm like this is my bitch like this is it I'm like I love it well thank you so 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 much for coming today thank you so much for sharing with us thank you for being so open and for going on your journey personally so that you can share it with people because I know like that's the hard part is like you know those three days in bed where you want to cry yourself to sleep and like getting out of that and having the strength to you know move forward and create all these tools for you primarily yourself and then sharing that with people like it's so beautiful and we just need more people like you in the sexual wellness space so thank you so much guys how fun is she oh we love her I'm so happy that we got to talk about herpes and talk about the shame around it and just talk about what it's like and I hope that this episode helped you today even just to educate you on a topic that maybe you know nothing about or to validate and support you if you are on that journey so as always if you guys like today's episode please give the podcast a follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and if you want to connect with me come find me on instagram or tiktok my page is Alyssa taylor harper and we also have a facebook group and that's called the she said what podcast group and it's just a space for us to all connect a little bit more intimately and to chat about the episodes and chat about the book club that we have going on right now reading the book in the flow by Alyssa vidi so there's lots going on please come connect with me please feel free to dm me and message me on instagram if you want to chat i answer all my dms and that's it thank you guys so much for listening and i will see you next week bye guys Ooh.